Hi, meet at Elcom is putting out publications. In this episode, we have a closer look at the most recent one, the bibliographical database. We may say that it's a byproduct of the country case studies, which produced a large number of references to relevant studies. All this data has been assembled into one common combined bibliographical database, searchable thematically by the authors and else. What is it? How can it be used? Where are the gaps in the research by topics? These and other observations are provided by the professor in charge of the database, a bloke from the University of Tartu, Estonia. At the end of the episode, just a couple minutes to the outro jingle, we'll make an update on the news item disclosed while surveying the case studies of Estonia, episode number 23. Journalists were fined for revealing information about an ongoing criminal investigation on international money laundering. By now we have also the ruling of the Supreme Court of Estonia in this case. Thank you for joining us. I'm Urmas Loit, the Mintadelkom Communication Officer. One of the tasks and deliverables of Mintadelkom is a bibliographic database. This database is covering research or studies done during 20 years from 2000 to 2020 on four domains, legal and ethical regulation, journalism, media usage and uh, media related competencies. Why is this database necessary? It's an important inventory that uh, shows what kind and what quality information is available for media policymakers from the perspective of media-related risks and opportunities. And on the other hand, this makes it possible to describe and assess news media monitoring capability in each participating country. Hereby, I'd like to recall our very first podcast episode. Lenka Vaskova Cisarzova from Czechia pointed out the distinctive character of Mintadelkom regarding exactly the already published publications. I think it's a brilliant idea that we don't collect data as people from outside can expect, but we rather work with existing data and collect all the knowledge we have in our countries. And I think it's important starting point for the Central and Eastern European Media Studies Cooperation to know what we have, because we are specific in many ways. One of them is a language, which makes it even more difficult for us to know which data we have, which topics we've already covered. So I think it's a brilliant idea and important and I think a must as a starting point to just collect it and to compare the data we have. A bloke carries on. Publications for the database have been collected 
on international and also national research. The relevant methodology was worked out for selection process and for data presentation. The data was gathered from available international and national academic databases, national and university library holdings, academic journals and media industry and professional organizations. As a result, the database contains published academic articles, academic books and book chapters, also various research reports and industry reports, relevant doctoral dissertations, other kinds of student research we didn't include in this database, and uh, there are also some non-academic publications which are included because these contained some topics that were relevant for particular risks and opportunities. All in all, the database contains over 5,600 entries. The smaller countries actually applied everything relevant we can find method, like, for example, Estonia, Latvia, Czechia. The countries with a very large number of research institutions and researchers applied stricter selection criteria that focused on high quality, i.e. peer-reviewed and high-impact sources. So this database does not cover all the academic publications in the fields of media and journalism research, but focuses on these uh, mentioned four domains. There are two types or two kinds of uh, database is available. One is consolidated database that includes all 14 countries. And then there are also separately databases for each country. And all of them are available in Tartu University data DOI repository. Links to these databases are all on the homepage of Mediatelcom. Some very preliminary results show that there is an interesting tendency of a growing number of uh, publications. During the 20 years, the number of publications has increased almost tenfold. When in 2000, 63 publications were identified and 20 years later, there was 581 publications. Then the analysis of national, international orientation shows that only about one third of the publications are oriented towards international reader. But uh, when looking at separate countries, 
then uh, there are some clearly internationally oriented and some nationally oriented. For example, over 80% of uh, Estonia's publications are published in international sources in English language. And at the same time, for example, in Poland, 80% of publications are nationally published and uh, in national language. The same concerns, for example, Bulgaria. Both national and international publications, the numbers of uh, publications have been increasing steadily. The international publications increase has been sort of slower than national, but both have quite high numbers in 20 years. Then we also looked at types of publications and accessibility of publications. Nearly half publications are academic articles followed by academic book chapters and various research reports. 58% of the total number of publications are open access and also, we looked at publishing quality indicators. Peer-reviewed publications constitute 35% of all publications. The proportion of publications represented in high-level indexation is relatively low. It's altogether about 19% of all publications but there are also some countries with higher numbers. When we look at the domains and topics, then very clearly journalism is prevailing in all countries and in total its proportion is 58% of all publications, followed by legal and ethical regulation domain. Talking about journalism domain, the interest of researchers has been largely on professional culture focusing on issues of journalists' autonomy, professional ethics and things like that. Then media market has been interesting for researchers. This has almost as many publications as professional culture, both over 700 in this database. In legal and ethical regulation domain, the normative perspective prevails like issues of media responsibility, for example. This is followed by freedom of expression, which has also got a lot of attention from the researchers. Talking about media usage patterns, the access to media and diversity in media system has got the most of attention and also quite a lot of publications deal with media users' preferences. This is also perhaps because there is 
quite a lot of research on digital media usage. Media-related competencies is a domain that has got less attention than the others, but it is getting increasingly interesting, especially concerning use of media and media technology skills in digital technology. And uh, there are lots of young people's media skills research in this type of publications. This database also makes it possible to see where are the gaps in the research and gaps in the knowledge. There are many, some, for example, for journalism domain, where there is quite few publications about psychological and physical safety of journalists. Foreign correspondents have received little attention although they also work in war conditions and are related to safety issues. Issues like working environments of journalists and their working conditions and especially job market issues and job satisfaction have got little attention and need more research. In legal and ethical regulation domain, Issues of disinformation, hate speech, whistleblowing have not yet got much research, but these topics are currently under quite a lot of attention and these issues became topical only about seven, eight years ago. So there cannot be that much publications as on other topics. In media competencies domain, very little attention has so far received the development of users' cognitive abilities. On the other hand, as I said, the skills are very well researched. The database is searchable by authors, titles, countries, publishing year, by uh, time when the data for the publication or study was gathered by language, type, open access or not open access and peer review and referencing, by domains of course, by main focus and by several topics in the publications. How can it uh, help the future researchers? This is a ready database for finding all the publications of 14 countries on these domains and topics. So this is quite rich information, which actually cover, I would say, most of media and journalism research area. The database is formatted in Excel as Excel table, and everyone who is familiar with Excel can find lots of information, not only what I mentioned, but can try to do some kind of cross-tabulation and find what information is related to what publication.
And now I would like to provide an update to the news item in the podcast episode 23, which was released nearly a year ago. Estonia. We upgrade the lead-in of the case study episode about Estonia, episode 23, basing on recent developments. Upon Estonia reaching the fourth standing in the World Media Freedom Index, we told a simultaneous story about the first instance court fining reporters and the media house for disclosing criminal investigation details regarding alleged money laundering by the Swedbank without the permission from the prosecution. Later, this decision was overturned by the Tallinn Circuit Court which found that even though permission from the prosecution is required for publishing pre-trial proceedings information, the fines were not justified as the article did not damage the investigation. In the final stage, the Supreme Court took the same position. The Supreme Court added an explanation for when disclosing information requires permission and what merits a fine. In principle, The Code of Criminal Procedure makes it possible to find journalists for disclosing proceedings materials without permission, and this does not breach the principles of free speech according to the European Court of Human Rights precedents. Still, the Supreme Court clarified that the prosecution cannot grant or withhold permission arbitrarily. As to the ruling, the article wasn't misleading. The Supreme Court Justice Johan Sarv said to the National Public Broadcaster ERR. In this case, the aspect of legitimate public interest towards the published information outweigh the interest that theoretically could sustain hiding it. The Supreme Court also found that the prosecution could not credibly reason how the article damaged the investigation. Moreover, the requirement to seek permission does not apply to information people have obtained outside criminal proceedings. And that was the case here. As to all parties involved, the understanding of the legal guidelines set by the case would be a matter for further grasp and engagement. Hereby we conclude our podcast episode. Try out the bibliographical database on our website, mediatelcom.eu, and stay tuned to hear us soon. <laughs>